0: I think the way I would think about it is like, let's do some really great things, mm-hmm. really hard things. And let's get really excited about doing those things. And then let's do that every single day. And when you think you're getting comfortable, let's do greater and harder things again. Love that. Um, and then constantly go back to that. Like just, Hey, if we're not like the second you're like feeling like you can take a breath, like let's jump even farther. And
1: Hello, hello, hello. I'm super excited today to have on the Afternoon Tea podcast, the Matt Smith. Um, Matt, before we, before we start our greetings, let me just uh, go into the introduction. And this one's a little bit longer than it should be because you've had quite the journey already. So let me just start with this. Matt Smith is a technology entrepreneur who has founded multiple technology startups, including Thinkific and Later, both highly successful SaaS companies that help businesses succeed online. Thinkific is an online course platform that enables entrepreneurs to create, market, sell, and deliver their own online courses. Impressive fact number one, in 2020, Thinkific's 50,000 active course creators earned hundreds of millions of dollars in direct course sales. And impressive fact number two, later has helped over 4 million people from global brands to small business businesses with their digital marketing. Matt is currently the chief strategy officer at Thinkific, where he is responsible for setting the long-term direction of the company and re- and shaping the path to get there. Matt, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks. Chris. Fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Well, tell you what, I'm just going to start off with the with the, the easiest, most demanding question here is what magic secret sauce do you have to create two legendary <laughs> Vancouver startups? Is there something I can do? <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, the short answer is there's no secret sauce. I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In starting companies. I've started a handful of companies over the years, lots have failed. Um, and if you have succeeded to some some degree, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think, uh, like, arguably, it's a little bit of luck, uh, a lot of hard work, and mm-hmm. a lot of continuous hard work. Continuous uh, for,
1: hard work. Very good.
0: Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, just staying true, I guess, to the customer and the story you're trying to tell with the customer. And, and then usually at some point along the way, you get amazing people to help you and, you know, you're lucky to have them aboard.
1: Very and,
0: much and so, for the most part. Yeah.
1: Fantastic, fantastic. So the secret sauce is work really hard and
0: be lucky. Then. That's probably yeah.
1: <laughs> I <guess more> am <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to do that. I, I I think that's I think that's wonderful. Well, you know what? it. Let's just go right to it. Can you tell me about the creation story behind it?
0: Uh yeah, so. It started with a prior company, um, myself and Greg, uh, my brother. um, Mm -hmm. We started an LSAT online education company. So uh, Greg was a lawyer. He taught the LSAT, um, started writing about it online, built up a big audience on a blog, uh, and was thinking about kind of like, how are we going to teach this to lots of people? Didn't have the time to teach it in course. So we recorded, uh, basically built a course uh i built all the software to put it online and he uh he put all the other content and put it together figured out how to market it and sell it to that audience and before you know it we had an amazing um yeah we had like we were making money we're like wow this internet money thing was cool um and then uh somewhere along the way a few years later we're like we started having people reach out and going hey like how did you do that like i want to learn from you what can you you know like what platform did you use? Like, I wanna use what you guys are using. And so through that, basically we turned uh, what was AlphaScore and the initial idea there into Thinkific, uh, which is the platform to empower um, basically entrepreneurs around the world to build courses and sell them. And so there was a sort of a leap there, some you know, squiggly lines along the way of like trying to get there in lots of different turns and different directions, but kind of fundamentally that was the the story yeah
1: fantastic well you know something that's kind of kind of interesting and what actually really excited me about speaking with you is the fact that i you know i work with my brother as well you know he's my, my handsome twin brother david um but our company prior to uh ttt uh is actually study guide systems and we did everything but the lsat um and the reason why we didn't do the lsat is because the legal considerations that come with the content around the LSAT and not not in terms of you know copyright or anything like that, but actually in terms of, well, this is a group you don't want to get them wrong and you don't want them, you know, to to um you want to make sure you do the best. So we actually focused on the OWAT and the MCAT and all of those ones. So I just think it's really interesting that, uh, you know, there's there definitely some similarities. Well, we'll, we'll t- tell you what, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of interested because my brother and I worked similarly together and you yep. sounded like, you know, obviously you worked with your brother in there. Um, What was it, what's it like working together? Like, what, did you have like specifically spelled out roles and they just, you know, Kind of found themselves out. I mean, it sounds like you did the tech and he did the content. Was there other things? Because I mean, in a startup, there's more to just the the tech and the and the content. Was there division of roles or was there overlapping of roles or how did that fall into place?
0: Um. Yeah, I mean, I can say for sure, like our early days is working together. We had our ups and downs, uh, <laughs> like and, uh, tough moments. It was like stressful. Uh, you know, running running near like zero bank balance and not knowing if you're going to be able to pay your rent next month Mm -hmm. uh, adds a certain level of stress and Mm -hmm. uh, you know so and so it basically you know there was a few ups and downs through the process but like uh, ultimately I think you learn to uh, resolve conflict together and like Mm -hmm. I guess as you mature and grow as a person and over time you're like you're getting a lot better at that Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so like at this point me and Greg are pretty pretty awesome i think At that together uh and that's kind of like i guess arguably as a brothers and is our a little bit of a superpower being Mm -hmm, able to really quickly resolve conflict but um fundamentally i think that's like how you go through a startup like roles and responsibility is one way to do it um that was heavily what we focused on at later Mm -hmm. you know into some success and some failure but like Mm -hmm. arguably um i think with, uh, with Greg, it's always just been really good at conflict resolution and figuring out how to go through this and put our minds together and not be like, hey, that's your problem and my problem, like, it's like, it's our problem. We need to figure it out together. So that's, yeah. that's
1: great. I, I love the way he said it's our problem because actually the rule that my brother had because we were, we were, A lot more overlapping, I think, than than Mm complementary in terms of you do the tech, you do the business. And 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 we just had the one rule. Say, for example, a phone call or an email comes in, whoever sees it first has to do it. And don't fake that you didn't see it unless you're busy. And that's how you know we kind of found that. But you, you know, you find you find your rhythm. Well, well, tell me, what's what's your data like a day-to-day like at ThinkIf these days?
0: Um Yeah, I mean, it's it's a startup with a lot. We're growing really fast we have a lot of people um coming on board some exceptional people we just uh, brought on uh, a new cmo um yes. like chris mcguire just um was stepped into the cto role um mm-hmm. it was hank Campher who's a cmo so anyway mm-hmm. there's a lot of great people coming on board there's a lot of kind of like but like with that you kind of have to get everyone going to the same direction um mm-hmm. and moving in the same direction and so it's a lot of conversations with that team, specifically the executive team, are like trying to figure out where we're going and like, and then how we're getting there. Um, and just this constant realignment and making sure we're all on the same page and we're going to the same place. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a big part of it. Um, and then there's like special projects here and there, uh, you know, diving into, which is always fun for me. I like, I love that. And then, um, yeah, and there's just like a constant uh go out and do really really hard things uh mm-hmm. and like run to them try not to uh scare away basically yourself <laughs> it's like it's hard and it's like you just have to kind of get to a normal state there i think of like mm-hmm. oh this is not normal so mm-hmm. go and do really really hard things and hopefully great results will follow and so i think that's generally been in short the day-to-day i mean i can't give you one specific day that's been repeated um and so that's the startup yeah
1: yeah no i hear you and you know what I, I actually saw yesterday that chris or at least it was reflected on on linkedin that he became the cto so i was actually chatting with him about it and, uh, and saying that uh or just telling you're in a great job like you know you're very lucky and they're lucky to have you, because i know he's great so uh congratulations for uh for for, for putting in an additional uh, uh, you know great members into your c-suite yeah. um we'll, we'll tell you what why don't why don't we move into why don't we move into later because uh, I, I I like to hear about that. Can you tell me, and also because I know about the creation story, um, and I think it's such an interesting idea because uh, I've always asked the question, is it possible to create a company this way? Um, but tell me about the creation story of later without me ruining any of it.
0: Yeah, uh, to be fair, I did not listen to your uh, interview with Ian, whether that's good- No one bad, does, but, so don't worry. So... <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. uh, Ian came uh, to me, and this is kind of my story or my connection to it. Uh, We were both working out of what was originally called Hack Hut and then Launch Academy. Um, He was working on another startup. It was like sort of the technical role. And uh, I was also sort of leading product and technology at the time at Thinkific. And so we kind of had this common problem every day of like how do you architecture this how do you approach this problem so he had like conversations like that and then he came over and I was like hey I'm doing this hackathon like would you be interested and I'm like look I've got to start up I can't focus I've got to focus on that and so he kind of went through his like I'm like oh yeah okay, but like tell me what your idea is like what do you want to do there and so he has this like Evernote list and pulls it up on his phone he's like what about this I'm like no like what about this I'm like no and he's like what about like we build this sort of scheduler to Instagram that allows you to you know, go through the process of what we did, which was allow you to send a push notification from your a website down to your phone and then open up an Instagram. Uh, so skipping any requirement for an API because they didn't have an API that allow you to do that. Um, and it was like, let's do that. Uh, funny enough, like a night or two before, I was out with a friend and she was telling me uh, how she was basically running social for a large, basically retail uh, brand uh and how it was just super chaotic and I was like it just was kind of that two moment of like huge customer problem and someone has a potential solution to it and it was like yeah let's do that the intent was like something like we'll sell it to Hootsuite or just kind of go back to our things like we'll build it proof of concept get a little bit of traction um you know side hustle it's like my Mm -hmm. you know a little bit of a love like going doing these things and then uh sell it off to Hootsuite or something like that um sure enough that took a you know, that didn't work out exactly as planned, as things mm-hmm. did. No plans really mm-hmm. work out. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the initial founding story. There was two other uh, two other people, Roger and Cindy, mm-hmm. at that hackathon. Yep. Yeah, uh, both great. Yeah, and then another. there was another friend who was there as well. Uh, he decided not to continue on. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it was just... Luckily, I mean, in that situation, and I think with every company, it, it usually takes a long time to find... That sort of problem solution with a specific customer and a large enough mm-hmm. customer base to go after. With like Latergram, it was an almost an immediate connection. Um, mm-hmm. We like knew the problem really well. We knew the customer well enough, and we knew what like their 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 pro like what they needed. And they the solution that we built initially was what they needed. So we were very lucky in that sense of, and also the timing of Instagram. What was happening at the time of like businesses were flooding to the platform and trying to figure it out. And so we kind of became this like leading voice in that space of how to do this and how to become uh, like basically market your business on Instagram.
1: Mhm mhm. Well, I just I just love the idea the fact that it came out of a hackathon. And you know, I mean, I've been to so many hackathons with Ian and it's not funny. It's kind of like that seemed to be his hobby every every weekend. Yeah. Um but I love the fact that an idea can come out of a hackathon that really is a, is, is is a real business. Um yeah. and you do, you know, especially at that time, a small thing really really well, which I think is super important too, right? You weren't trying to do a lot, which I think maybe even being in a hackathon, would you say that's helpful because you, there's only so much you can do in a weekend. Is, is like yeah. making it go this small part be easier because it was a hackathon?
0: I think fundamentally like what slows startups down in the process of doing it is decision making. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a hackathon, you have to like crunch all your decisions down to like 24 hours. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's just this constant reminder of urgency um, and that you need to and like move fast, move fast, move fast. You can't like... So, you know, if you're sitting there, you're not like, hey, should we go discuss this? Have five meetings and talk about the solution to this. It's just like, figure it out. It's probably wrong. Even if you did those five meetings and try to figure out the decision yourself with a bunch of Mm -hmm. other smart people, it's probably going to be wrong too. So like (laughs) move on and get it done. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's like fundamentally what uh, startups uh, or even just generally companies, but startups in general, like what slows them down is the decision making. And it's like I think that's what uh, hackathon does; is it forces you to make fast decisions, really quick. It's interesting.
1: Well, that's really interesting. Well, you know, the one thing that I mean, I get, I do a lot of hackathons, and again, I've been to a lot with you, and I might have even been at that one um, as just an observer, to be honest, because uh, I, I do remember, um, um, I do, I do remember where it came from, and, and, and thinking, wow, that's a really cool, cool idea. But the one thing that I find at a lot of hackathons is all these people have that you know that intention. Our idea is so great, we're going to quit our jobs tomorrow and start this as a real business, and I'm kind of back on, yeah, good idea, you know, um, probably uh, think, think a week on that one before you did, but how long, like how many hours in was it that you thought, wow, this really is a business? Was it like an active thing, or did it take weeks after, months after? How, how long uh, was that?
0: Yeah, with, with later, I think we were like, again, really lucky in that scenario, and that we got a lot of traction really quick. Our customers for the most part were influencers and like PR people and so on. And so we could really quickly turn that into, you know, this sort of like growth loop for the company of mm-hmm. I'd reach out to these people with like sort of the join our VIP group, um, you know, talk to them on the phone. The next day it would have an article written in, you know, some reasonable press and, or like, you know, send it, send them like a referral link and say, share this. And you get a free account. And then, pushed things and so that got us a lot of our early customers and got us really traction really moving really f- fast mm-hmm. and again in that early stage i think we made a, a lot less mistakes than i normally would make in a company because i like you know going through it enough times you like oh okay i've done this and i know that like you can kind of a bit of seeing the future of like what happens there so you make less mistakes and so in a short period of time about six months we got probably i don't know call it twenty thousand ish uh, signups basically and people wow really interested in the platform. We launched on a mobile platform or iOS at that point. And um, within like a week, we had uh, an, a couple of investors out of Silicon Valley, um, rocket ship ventures, uh, mm-hmm. sort of they're more data driven. So they find companies like that. And so these funded and run by a couple guys that had built and sold companies to Amazon, Walmart, and Adobe. And then... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, also, was an in early investors in companies like Facebook and Lyft and like you know some really exceptional Valley companies, and we were just like lucky to have them come and reach out and find us. So uh, good
1: strategic. So on top, on top of it, not just the money, then too.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just opened endless amounts of doors. Um, when we went to go and actually raise our like seed round, uh, I went down and flew down to the Valley and like it literally, I was like, "Hey, I'm going to be there next week," and like emailed them, and like I had like you know twenty meetings on San Jose Ro- Road the next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was just incredible um like one basically uh yeah it was it was exceptional kind of door opening ability for us to go and uh, especially into the valley Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. um reputation they brought and kind of like people are like hey how did you get them like i don't understand like um so just a little bit of credibility as well in the early days
1: for sure. Did you did you enjoy raising money? Is that something that you you actually like to do? Or is that uh, you know, because you sound a little like you were more on the technical side, which people tend to sk- you know, hide away from that side. Do you do you like that side of the business?
0: Um like I I, I like to switch around. I'm not like uh, I don't I don't do any kind of technical work today. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think that's like one skill set I picked up out of like necessity. Mm-hmm. Um and so I would look at, like, but, you know, from uh, the fundraising thing, like, at the same time, it was around the same time that, like, Silicon Valley, the HBO TV show, was airing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was living in a house in Mountain View uh, Mm -hmm. with entrepreneurs all trying to raise money together. Uh, Really? And a number of parallels were just, like, this is mind-blowing. And so it kind of helped me, (laughs) like, at the same time was, like, oh, this is crazy, but also, like, other people are going through this crazy experience, and, like, they're not – this other world that Silicon Valley like the, was like no this is pretty much reality like it's it, not it's uh,
1: scary that way isn't it did you have uh, a herlick in your house yeah we had
0: it we, I, I would say we had a herlick but um <laughs> yeah it was yeah like all the characters all the characters were there it was just um yeah so it was in so many different parallels in different ways and uh yeah it was a great time but like from that perspective it was like I kind of knew it was like this sort of Special time, probably wasn't going to do this again. Like, definitely super stressful. Mm. Probably got two hours of sleep a night for I don't know how long. Um, Mm -hmm. but like I think to that point it was I was saying about like this is not normal. You're doing hard things, you need to go and do hard things. It's one of those things. Like it's almost like rite of passage towards uh being able to get to that, like to some extent to show that you can go and do this. And not saying you have to raise money, but More Mm -hmm. that, you know, finding, it's like sort of a test of yourself to some extent. It's a very difficult thing to go and do. It's not easy and you get a lot of rejections along the way. And so (laughs) if you have a level of insecurity or it's not gonna gonna go well. Um, So, but And you just have these people that are, you know, in the power position in all those meetings. And so, um, yeah, it's an interesting experience. I'm glad I did it. Would I wanna do that every day of my life? No.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, how, how many, how mean, many, how many rejections? Sorry? how many rejections got back to you and said, "Boy, did we make a mistake?" Did you, did you get any of those? You had to have gotten some of those.
0: Oh, uh, oh, came back to us. No, I like, I don't look at it that way. I, I'm like, and I don't think they care.
1: No, uh, okay.
0: Like, I think if you know, if, if later IPO or something, and some like hundred billion dollar valuation, like they might be like, "Oh, I saw that deal." You hear that like the Silicon Valley lore of like, I told Reed Hoffman before he started LinkedIn, I guess his, his name is Reed Hoffman, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like an absolutely stupid idea. And then, of course, you know, five years later, he's like IPOing LinkedIn. So um, mm-hmm. like, I've heard like, yeah, I actually talked to an investor at the time that was telling me that. He's like, you know, <laughs> everyone's used to passing on crazy ideas. It's just like it's mm-hmm. the nature of. That.
1: It's. I mean, you get so many down in the valley. I guess. Well, I mean, I I, I shared this with Ian on the podcast, and uh, but you and the other multiple billion people that didn't listen. Let me just let me just say one thing that I always thought was interesting is the day I knew that your product was going to be successful was when I was at a family reunion and my cousin's wife. They're both from Alabama, and she's on a radio channel, a religious radio channel. I mean, you can't get more stereotypical of Alabama here. I'm sorry to say, and she. Told me, oh, I'm trying to do the social media thing. I wanted to use Hootsuite or thing, but there's this new one called Latergram, and I love it. And I had to reach out to Ian right away and say, oh my God, I think you created something great because this is a universe that shouldn't be colliding, and they're sharing, you know, your software with me. So uh, <laughs> anyhow, that's when I knew, oh, you guys definitely have something. Like that's uh, that's uh, that definitely interesting. Well, we'll, we'll tell you. What, I mean, I, I know when, when IPO or when IPO when Thinkific IPO, you move back your full time uh, on Thinkific. And how how did you decide? Uh, I mean, that must have been a difficult decision to go, you know, to spend more time on one over the other. How, how did how did that um, calculation come to be?
0: Great. You're saying going from Thinkific to Later, or Later to Thinkific? No, no, Later to Thinkific. Oh, okay. So me rejoining. Uh, yes. Honestly, like I mean, the the reality or the the honest part is that um, at the core, Thinkific's always been like really dear to my heart. Uh, And my like passion, the reason we started is like, we had a mission, like, and it was, it was mission driven company. Mm -hmm. Um, And that always like hurt me when I like, wasn't there to be part of that. Um, Mm -hmm. and so when I saw the opportunity to return, you know, there was a certain level I felt like with later that we were in an exceptional place with the, uh, the team that was built and that they're operating. And there's sometimes where you kind of get as a founder, you're like, you're looking around you're like, cool. Like. I think this company can run without me right now um and so i looked at it that way and i was like you know um and that was kind of one of the like moments where i was like okay now is maybe the time to go uh mm-hmm. to back to think of it. and i've been talking with greg about doing it for years um mm-hmm. trying to find the right time um and so ultimately that's when we made the leap and like again it was just like for me to be back on that journey it's just been the best decision that I made like ultimately like the later's great I love the company <laughs> the people there uh the team built what built was amazing um really excited about that but fundamentally when it comes down to it like uh, like the mission that ThinkFix on is just like it almost like sometimes it like tears me up at like what we're doing and what we see and what we are like the lives wow. we're changing ability things. think so I love yeah.
1: that. I love that. Wow. You could, you could not have explained that or described that any better. Um, well, t- tell you what, well, I mean, well, well then why don't we reflect what, what is it that you miss most by the day to day of not being at later than it is it just the, the people.
0: Yeah. I mean, fundamentally I, we have really great people. Uh, and love working with like people like Cam McGannick and Michael Tippett. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on uh, It was kind of like the, uh some are still there some aren't <laughs> um mm-hmm. but like no we had some really good times um and general like and that team was amazing and like they're really uh she had a lot of fun and um there's some like like taylor ron who was like awesome to work with and grow mm-hmm. grow the company and just really really fun times along that and so there's like points and journeys that you know you're like okay is this going to be the same thing going forward and um mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same same time, I'm like the people were amazing that I was able to work with there. And so
1: well that's what awesome. we were, you know I just I want to reflect on something you said actually just, just just a couple minutes ago, which is you know, you kind of you were no longer or you you didn't need to be in the job anymore. It was t- taking care of itself. In order to be a successful startup, do you need to talk yourself out of a job? Like, do you need to make it so that you the company runs even without you at some point?
0: Yeah, like I, I wouldn't say uh I wouldn't say i got to the point where the company didn't need me but i was like we're in we there's enough good hands there like i was like you know and um but yes that's a constant journey of always going like okay there's this exceptionally hard thing let's figure out how to do it and let's bring someone in to find uh home for them and, and just like i got i said think of it they call it call it giving away your legos I think this is a common mm-hmm. term um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you like kind of build your Legos and you collect them and you're like, okay, but here it is. <laughs> like, I don't want to give it away. But I have to. Um, and there's this, with a, like a hyper growth company that's scaling and growing rapidly, there's always more opportunity, more things to do. So um, mm-hmm. and if you're ever concerned that you're like, Oh, like not sure. We'll find a place for this person to be. It's always, there's always a place if you're, if you're scaling and growing. And um, so yeah, fundamentally, I was doing a lot of that um, and it just happened to be at a time where I was like, I was like, we have a lot of great people here. I think Mm. I feel really confident in this team and their ability to execute and go forward. And yeah, yeah, fundamentally that was like part of the sort of enabling conversation of being like, okay, now's the time to jump. Mm. Mm.
1: I, I ask because actually I'm, again just reflecting on a conversation I, I had these really deep philosophical conversations with my uh, my 15 year old daughter, uh, often, and we were talking about how you create an institution, or how do you create something great. And you know my, my, my thoughts around it is when you when you create the goal, think about it in something that will outlive you 100 years. And how do you create something like, because I think that is great. You know, we look at these institutions, like, you know, things like the March of Dimes and things like, that don't even make sense anymore. And they, you know, that was an idea that was created born out of necessity. And now it's really just an extension of a philosophy more than it is run by any person. So just when you said that, I was kind of thinking about how do you create greatness? And, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought, I thought you touched on something really neat there. So uh, anyhow, that, that was just me, 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 blah, blahing. But I I think, I think if you, you know, on the journey, if you don't ask, I mean, do you ever ask that question? Like, how do I create greatness? Like not just, I don't want to do a day to day. How do I create something that's bigger than me or, 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 or greatness? Do you ever ask yourself that?
0: Um, I mean, I don't know if I really ask that it that way. It's more like, I think the way I would think about it is like, let's do some really great things. Mm -hmm. really hard things and let's get really excited about doing those things and then let's do that every single day and when you think you're getting comfortable let's do greater and harder things again love that um and then constantly go back to that like just hey if we're not like the second you're like feeling like you could take a breath like let's jump even farther and so i think that's and then you just do that a lot and hopefully something great at the end comes out um, but like you have to enjoy that whole process. Um, sure. or you know, enjoyment is maybe not the right word, but you have to get <laughs> comfortable with it. It's not normal and mm-hmm. that, um, and that you are happy being part of that type of a journey. So sure.
1: Well, I mean, I can tell from what you're saying, I mean, it energizes you, right? Like you want to solve the problems yeah. and you want to lead the team that's going to help you solve the problems and get everyone excited yeah. and aligned. So I think, I think that's awesome. Well, I mean, Later's a private company and um, um, Thinkific now is, has IPO'd. And again, congratulations on that. That was a huge yeah. Vancouver success. And I love, I love, sh- uh, you know, even knowing that we have uh, uh, these awesome companies in Vancouver, such as Thinkific. Um What's it like working for a public company now? Is it is it very different from before, or do you have to be more cautious? Um, what what what's it like?
0: Um, honestly, for me, it hasn't really been that different. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say like there's a couple there's pros and cons, but um, fundamentally, I think um, you have access to a very large market um, mm-hmm. for for capital, so you can yep. you can grow faster, you can go and do great things faster mm-hmm. um and i think that you are have to get your company to a place where you feel like you can consistently perform and you know where you're going and being able to do that and so you can't be still trying to figure out that engine mm-hmm. uh in the company so and with that like yeah there's earnings calls and quarterly cycles and stuff like that but all those kind mm-hmm. of things happen naturally in a private company anyway so uh sure. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know, I look at it as like, the other great thing is it also uh, enables a lot of like financial uh, outcomes for people and you're more financially aligned uh, with the people, like everyone's financially aligned, you know, mm-hmm. success of the company ultimately means more financial success for everyone there. That, and so, great. yeah, it makes things, I think, a lot easier from that perspective
1: liquidity is a beautiful thing, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and liquidity with growth. I mean, that's, that's the nice thing too. It's, it's definitely been uh, a, a, a rise. And I, I got to say as well, you know, when I saw the, uh, the, the Rhino boys uh, or the Rhino team, Rhino Boys, whoa, that was <laughs> totally wrong. Uh, we were team Rhino for our, 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 for one of our internal teams here. So I say that, but when they did their, their, the parade video, congratulations. Um, yeah. I'm assuming you saw their, their congratulations. We, we you know, uh, it was a parade, I guess. That looked like yeah, yeah. so much fun. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah,
0: I was there. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I was going to ask if you were on that on that parade.
0: I was. I was lucky to be invited. Um,
1: <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, was amazing. I mean, they such a good group of people. Uh, I think there's like this thing where you go out and you raise money, and, uh, and I guess in in Fraser's words, he's like, we're an events company that just happens to give uh, give money and right shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, I mean, I think this was supposed to be a secret at some point. I don't know. It's their, their secret sauce maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, they've had some exceptional kind of whenever you complete a financing or a big milestone, they're there as a partner for your company to like come in and make sure that you celebrate and, you know, appreciate those wins. Cause sometimes when you're like in it as a founder, you're in the like process, you're so like heads down. You're like, Hey, we did that now. Like, let's go. And like, So they've been really good about making sure that we're good about celebrating those and, and, and helping uh, put that together. And so, yeah, they showed up, uh, Jay and Fraser and Mm -hmm. the Rhino team, uh, but rolling in dressed as bankers on this like giant float that was, uh, had like stock tickers on it and like everything, you know, obviously we couldn't go to like the, uh, the TSX, like, you know, ring the bell and ring the boil. So this was like, this is the closest thing we could do. Um, It looked like so so much fun. Making it fun. fun. And then we like drove around the block and like, I think like Greg ran in and like knocked on some like BMO bankers door that was like in the neighborhood. (laughs) It was, uh, yeah, it was fun, Um, but yeah, they make it, they try to make it a special moment. (sighs)
1: That's wonderful. I mean, you do have to celebrate the wins. You know, it's not about money, especially for people that have a lot of money. It's about the journey. You know, I mean, I say this, I say this all the time on the show and I'm I'm being redundant, but I keep saying, you know, in the Lord of the Rings, none of those people went on the journey because of the money at the end. They weren't even thinking about that, right? It's about the journey. It's about the adventure. It's about the frenzy creed on the way. And mm-hmm. um, that's how I see, you know, all this entrepreneurial spirit is, you know, what greatness can you create? And I'm, I'm hearing that in a lot of the answers you, you, you've shared. Well, well, t- t- tell, uh, tell me, um, this, you know, the podcast, the theme, the reason why we do this is to, you know, tell stories uh, or share the stories of uh, entrepreneurial journeys, uh, Canadian entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journeys uh, for that next generation of, uh, of startups. So I always have my typical two questions that I think are really, really imperative to that To that. Um Um, helping understand it so first off can you share the name of some Canadian entrepreneurial star that you look up to and why
0: um maybe it's wrong but I feel like I don't really look at like maybe like from a nationalistic perspective as much. like I think it's great like and I'm all for Canadian technology and advancement of that um in general but I'm not like a big sort of oh, who's Canadian? Where are they born? Like mm-hmm. uh, Canada is made up of an incredible amount of like, um, yeah, immigrants uh, mm-hmm. come here and done things. I mean, Elon Musk came and was an immigrant to Canada um, and started his journey and like went to Queens for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. so he's an exceptional entrepreneur, you know, quirky and weird in his own ways, but I guess that's still you have to be um uh, so obviously very impressed and inspired by him i guess is one way mm-hmm. that's the easy answer um, that's the
1: easy answer but it's a good
0: one you know toby uh shopify is an exceptional entrepreneur mm-hmm. and like done that and harley there um and mm-hmm. i was looking to them uh, for advice and guidance and direction and like inspiration um mm-hmm. with canada so they're two really yeah yes interesting stories but yeah there's plenty of Canadians, but you probably wouldn't even know they're Canadians until you look it up because uh, like, it's like this sort of uh, soft landing point in the, uh, in the West.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You know what? I think you shared some great ones. So thank you on that one. Um, Well, and then the last one, what, what advice can you give to that, that younger, well, we want to say Canadian audience because it could be a mixed audience of startups. What, what, what's one advice that you can share that you think could uh, help expedite their journey?
0: Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it's no, so much as advice, but I feel like it maybe just needs to be considered more and more as people start companies and think about uh, the work they're doing and like why they're doing it. And so mm-hmm. kind of had this like continuous thought of like around generally like capitalism and like, why is it, why can it be good? And like mm-hmm. think it's kind of helped me formulate this in a way, but uh, I think about it as like units of change. So like mm-hmm. the change being positive, And Mm -hmm. so if you're working towards a unit of change that is positive for the world, then I think that's like a really noble and worthwhile thing to do. And so to your point, it's not about the money, at the end of the day, you want to be proud of what you've done and built and been part of. And So Mm -hmm. again, going back to the Thinkavik story, I was like, that's a big why as to why I made the move and rejoin Thinkavik. And so like examples of these are like Tom's shoes, every shoe they sell. They help, you know, they've made it so there's more sustainable, more version, and they, they donate money. Tree is a great example. Um, yeah. They donate trees. Uh, Tesla is an exceptional example of this, and that every single car they sell is a net positive for the world. It's like, mm. you know, less carbon emissions overall, a huge benefit. Um, and so if you can find a way to do that for your company and what you're doing and align that sort of interests, long-term I think that's exceptional and for like Thinkific the way we look at it is like you know we are sort of tying sort of business and education together mm-hmm. and so when you do that you know we're enabling people to create more equal access to education um, and so that story of like AlphaScore that we started with sort of in the beginning right um, if you think about that when we launched AlphaScore outside courses are three thousand dollars to go and take mm-hmm. right And so we launched our initial course was $50 and eventually 189 and, you know, around that place. And so we became a very affordable and accessible option for people in anywhere. They didn't need to go to a big university to go take this course and they could do it. And so a lot of the students we've had, like the number of people have been able to go to and become lawyers because of that and like go out to their dreams and do it without having to pay thousands of dollars to go learn and take the LSAT. Um, Yeah, it's exceptional. So... Uh, And then we can do that 50,000 times over or a million times over. And that impact on the world long-term, I think is a really positive thing. And so that's fantastic.
1: That is fantastic. I mean, you know what, it's not about the dollars and cents. It's about the value. And uh, you know, that's, that's, that's a great way to measure it. Hey, uh, thank, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing, you know, this, this awesome journey and adventure. Uh, I, I know the listener um, and I say that in a single form, the listener, um, I just, uh, you know, they, 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 this is a lot that they can learn from. And, and uh, I, I just appreciate you coming and sharing with us today.
0: Yeah. Thanks for inviting me.
1: Ahoy, afternoon tea listeners. If you got this far, I assume you like this episode, and that is awesome. Thank you. In such a case, please rate and review Afternoon Tea Podcast and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your feeds from. Afternoon Tea is a podcast with a goal to share the stories of Canada's successful tech entrepreneurs in order to prepare the next wave of founders. We do have some great guests lined up for future episodes, but we would love to hear your thoughts too. Please do let us know who you think should be on the show. You can do so by emailing me at... At podcast at TTT.studio, that is P O D C A S T at TTT, that is three T's.studio. You will notice there is no dot com because we are that sophisticated. Furthermore, you can find us at social media at TTT underscore studios. I look forward to chatting with you soon.